0: going everybody welcome back to the 13th round from bad left hook i am your host i am uh the managing editor of Badlefthook.com, scott christ uh not a you know the, actually i was gonna say not a whole lot going on but there's there, there's a little bit going on and we've got um a relatively big fight this weekend um really had nothing this past weekend that was you know worth getting into a whole portion of the podcast over, uh, try to keep it to about a half an hour, but, um, we do have Manny Pacquiao coming back this weekend. And I remember, boy, it wasn't so long ago that Manny Pacquiao returning to the ring against anybody was, you know, a relatively big fight. It was a big deal every time, but, uh, this is, this is definitely the, uh, the, the, the least big deal that a Manny Pacquiao fight has been in a a very, very long time. Um, even last November when Manny Pacquiao fought Jesse Vargas for the WBO welterweight title. Uh, you know, that fight was in Las Vegas. It was on pay-per-view. I mean, it was a top-ranked pay-per-view. It wasn't a um, an HBO pay-per-view. It was the first time He'd fought away from HBO uh, in a very, very long time. Uh, th- this fight, you know, even compared to the Chris Algieri fight or the Brendan Rios fight, uh, those two that, that happened in Macau back in 2013 and 2014, even those were, you know, bigger fights than this one feels like. And I think you'd probably have to go all the way back to... When Manny Pacquiao fought, um, gosh, I don't even know. I mean, are we going back to, like, 2003 when he fought Emmanuel Lucero? I mean, that was the fight before he fought Marco Antonio Barrera for the first time. became uh, a bigger star in the sport, and then he fought Juan Manuel, Mar- Juan Manuel Marquez. Um, then he got into the Eric Morales, Trill, Jimmy had a couple of fights in between there that weren't huge or anything like that. But I mean, we're talking about a fight here with Jeff Horn, who is, you know, genuinely unproven. And obviously I am talking about this, not from the perspective of the, the Australian audience. I'm not Australian. I don't know if my accent's given that away or not. Um, but look, you know, there, I think it's probably a really big fight or at least a pretty big fight. I mean, it kind of has to be. It's at Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane. Um, and Jeff Horn, you know, is a a former Olympian. You know, he was a standout amateur. He He's a good fighter. He, you know, he, he's got home field here against the international icon, Manny Pacquiao. So locally, in Australia, I'm sure this is a big fight, but for the American audience, this thing is just kind of happening. Um, the good news for the American viewer is that this fight will be televised on ESPN um, instead of HBO. So you, look, you don't—it's not even that it's not on pay-per-view. You don't even need premium cable; you just need regular cable. You can get this fight on Sling or whatever else that you might have if you're a cord cutter. Um, you know, this is an, an interesting start to a potential relationship between Top Rank and ESPN. I don't like to, when boxing promoters and TV networks are involved, I don't like to count the chickens before they hatch. So as much as they might be saying, oh, this is the start of a, a, a big new relationship, we're going to do all these things. You know, I'm kind of waiting to see. We'll, we'll see how this Pacquiao fight does um, with Jeff Horn on Saturday. Uh, it's going to be a four-fight card from what I understand. Um, I know uh, on Cajas will defend his IBF Super Flyweight title against Teirukino Shida of Japan. Uh, Michael Conlon will be in action. I believe Shane Mosley Jr.'s fight is going to be shown. Umar Salamal versus Damian Hooper, I believe, is not being shown, even though I think that's probably the best match fight on the card. Um... You know, just not a big fight here, and it's not... I, I don't think there's really a um a, a, a star fighter there, really. I mean, Umar Salamov might become a fairly big deal at 175. We'll see. Uh, I don't think he's an easy against Damian Hooper. I think Hooper can win that fight, but um, you know, obviously the draw here is Manny Pacquiao, and it's a question of how much... Manny Pacquiao at age 38 two years after the loss to Floyd Mayweather with two pay-per-views that did not draw good numbers against Tim Bradley and Jesse Vargas. That's the Manny Pacquiao we've got now. And he hasn't really been in the news cycle. He hasn't really you know, he's obviously busy with his career as a senator in the Philippines. Um, He hasn't been a a focal point of even the the boxing news landscape for the last year or so i mean he did have two fights last year that obviously is you know the boxing community will we paid attention to but they weren't huge fights or anything like that they weren't game changers they weren't needle movers necessarily they were just uh well manny pacquiao's fighting again and it matters because it's manny pacquiao and that's why this fight matters on some level it's manny pacquiao so What are we looking at with this fight? And if you read the preview on the site, I am obviously low-end, I think. I mean, unless you're counting, you know, crazy internet people who are just, you know, I'll fuck that fight, that fight's shit. And it's like, well, I mean, fine, I guess that's one way to put it. But I I just don't think we've got a great matchup here by any means. Um, Jeff Horn is... Yeah, realistically, a fringe contender at best at this stage of his career. He's 29 years old. He was 16-0-1, 11 knockouts. It, the the names you might know on his record, Randall Bailey. I mean, obviously, if you're a diehard boxing fan, you'll know more. But um, I'm talking for a, a, a larger audience. I mean, maybe you've seen Randall Bailey fight at some point. Uh, Ali Funeka, you might remember from years ago. Um. Victor Plotnikov is one of the names that pops up after those two. I mean, it's not an impressive resume. And I'm not saying that that means that Jeff Horn will be overmatched here. What I think, the the reason that I see Jeff Horn being overmatched here is because I've seen Jeff Horn fight. Um, There's nothing that I've seen from him that suggests to me that he's a match for the Manny Pacquiao that beat Jesse Vargas last November. Even if if we cut out everything else in Manny Pacquiao's illustrious career and just focus on his most recent fight, when he was in basically the same position overall that he is for this fight, as far as his focus and as far as um, age and wear and tear and things like that, Manny Pacquiao pretty much routed Jesse Vargas, and Jesse Vargas is a top-ten welterweight. Jeff Horn is not a top-ten welterweight. I don't think Jeff Horn would beat Jesse Vargas, and I don't think there's anything near close to enough of a a, a styles-make-fights-asterisk sort of thing going on with this matchup that gives Jeff Horn a realistic shot at beating Manny Pacquiao. Now, I'm not saying that Jeff Horn might not land one big, beautiful knockout punch. That could happen. That could happen in any fight. I'm saying all things being equal, Manny Pacquiao is simply on a different level. And the gap between them is not one level. It's not, okay, here's one level with Manny Pacquiao. The next level has Jeff Horn. I think the gap between them is Manny Pacquiao's on a level. There's a whole other level. And then there's a level that might have Jeff Horn. There might be two levels between them. I'm being vaguely optimistic and suggesting that there's only one full level between Manny Pacquiao and Jeff Horn, I'm not saying don't tune in. I, obviously, I think everyone should tune in. It's a fight on ESPN. Why not? I mean, if you're not, if you don't have any, you know, big plans, you don't have a hot date on Saturday night. Why not stick in see what the ESPN product is like with Manny Pacquiao and Top Rank headlining the bill? And we're gonna have Joe Tessitore and Teddy Atlas, as far as I know. Um, that could be interesting. I mean, they're they're a good commentary team. I'm not personally a massive fan of Teddy Atlas at this point, but um, you know he's been kind of a Pacquiao detractor over the years. So I think it could be interesting to hear Teddy call a fight with Manny Pacquiao at age 38, um, winding down his career. Now the real question for me, though is let's let's say Manny Pacquiao does what he's supposed to do in this fight. He wins, maybe he gets his first knockout in 8 years or whatever it's been. What does he do then? Because that's to me that's more interesting. Adrian Broner desperately wants a fight with Manny Pacquiao. He said that as recently as this weekend, Adrian Broner has a fight on July 29th on Showtime with Mikey Garcia at 140 pounds, which I don't think he's going to win. So I'd probably count Adrian Broner out. Now, if Adrian Broner did win that fight, that could be an interesting proposition to put him in with Manny Pacquiao. That's a fight you could probably put on pay-per-view, especially if Adrian Broner beats Mikey Garcia. That would require top rank working with Al Heyman and Premier Boxing Champions, but I don't think that's a Yeah, I don't think that's a a total roadblock at this stage for either side. Uh I I think that could work out. Manny Pacquiao's at a at a point in his career where a win here over Jeff Horn keeps him on a winning streak, keeps his name out there a little bit. Um but he is thirty eight. And if PBC and Al Heyman have some fighters they think might be able to get the rub from a win over Manny Pacquiao, even at this stage when Manny Pacquiao is not in his prime anymore, then I think they would definitely make that deal. Now, the question is whether or not Top Rank would make that deal. Top Rank might ultimately want to save Manny Pacquiao and whatever rub he can give for someone in-house specifically, obviously, the thought would be Terrence Crawford, who's still at 140. Um, If Terrence Crawford were to come up and wait next year, a fight with Manny Pacquiao might be an interesting proposition. I mean, if Top Rank thinks that Terrence Crawford's ready to win that fight, then sort of cashing out Pacquiao at the end of his career and cashing in on Terrence Crawford as a, a potential next big star with a win over a guy like Manny Pacquiao could be um, a really smart business strategy. PBC has you know Keith Thurman, who has a... a uh, see, he's going to be on the sidelines for a little while recovering from surgery, but he's got a mandatory with Sean Porter, so those two guys are out. Danny Garcia is out there, but he's coming off of a loss, and I'd expect him to look for a, a, uh, a tune-up in his return. Errol Spence Jr. has the IBF title. I'm sure he would accept a fight with Manny Pacquiao, but I don't know the top rank would want to put Manny Pacquiao in with Errol Spence because, again, if you're essentially running the risk of cashing out Manny Pacquiao against a younger fighter, wouldn't you want to save that for someone in your own stable instead of um, doing it with Errol Spence, who you then don't have control over after they get that big win you know he just goes on and fights for PBC and al Heyman from then on um yeah you know, the, the it's, 147s an interesting division and it's it's got a lot of talent but a lot of it's with pbc top rank just doesn't have that much in the division uh golden boy doesn't have a lot toward the top of the division either i mean lucas matisse has has decided to fight at this weight now um i, I suppose that's a fight you could do on espn at some point uh, you know, if this deal works out, um, obviously it could be an HBO fight as well. I guess you could run the risk of running it on pay-per-view and, and not selling a whole lot. But, um, yeah, I, I think Pacquiao going forward from here is the more interesting story because there's nothing clear. You know, the, the fight that makes the most sense is Terrence Crawford, but Terrence Crawford is, has stood pat in his mission to unify at 140, however fruitless it might ultimately be. And he's made no indication that he, he's really gunning for a fight at 147 now. If Top Rank came to Terrence Crawford with a good deal to face Manny Pacquiao, do I think he'd accept it? Yeah. Because I, I, I think you're crazy to pass that up. Uh, I, I think the Terrence Crawford side would be absolutely insane to not take their guy who's you know right in the prime of his career, a terrific fighter, kind of ready to take that next step or as ready as he's going to get and try to make, you know, a career best payday against Manny Pacquiao and with a win from there be a bigger star. Um, But it's really about, you know, trying to get both those, even in-house it's about getting both those sides to agree to the right terms and uh, whether or not Top Rank really wants to, to do that fight right now. I mean, I don't know, but... Um, to me, the thing that makes the most sense is for Manny Pacquiao to face Terence Crawford probably next year. I mean, it's you know it's going to be July first that Manny Pacquiao fights. I I probably don't see him fighting again in 2017. Um, he could surprise me and fight in December, but I I, I don't really see it happening. Uh, I think he'll probably fight this one time, take the rest of the year off, and fight sometime next year when he's 39 years old. So that's, that's really what I'm interested in here is what we get coming out of this. You know, if Manny Pacquiao, it, to me, when Manny Pacquiao does the job against Jeff Horn, I think he's going to win this fight handily. I'm going to go ahead and go on the record and predict that he will score a knockout in this fight. I, I just don't think Jeff Horn's good enough to avoid getting knocked out, even if Manny Pacquiao doesn't have the big killer instinct or anything like that anymore. Um... Uh, Yeah, that's what I see happening. I see see Manny Pacquiao dominating this fight. I I just... Look, even if Manny Pacquiao is toward the end of his career, even if he is a little unfocused compared to old training camps, even if he hasn't had the best camp of his career like fighters always say they have, which has to be bullshit 98% of the time, um... Yeah, even, even if all that's true, I think Manny Pacquiao is just way, way better than Jeff Horn, and I don't even really mean it as a knock on Jeff Horn. He just doesn't have the, the experience, and I just don't think he has the skill. Like I, it's, it's just really that simple. I mean, Manny Pacquiao is an all-time great fighter, arguably the second greatest fighter of this generation still maybe the best welterweight on the planet. I think he is. Based on what I saw last year from Manny Pacquiao against Tim Bradley and Jesse Vargas, compared to what Keith Thurman has done, I still go with Manny Pacquiao. I still think he's the number 1 147-pound fighter in the world. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's, you know, that's my opinion. That's uh, the way I still see it. Um other than that, you know, we, we've got some standard news. The WBO and WBA have decided to clear Alexander Povetkin, who will fight for uh, their international titles in his next outing. Um, not a big story. I mean, eventually some sanctioning body was going to go ahead and let him get back in the mix. That w- It was inevitable, really. Um, Bebut Shumanov has decided to retire from boxing due to an eye injury. Um the World Boxing Super Series presented by Kelly Sauerland and Richard Schaefer in the Cruiserweight division specifically is coming together extremely nicely. They've got three title holders, uh, Maris Brietas, the WBC title holder, Murat Gassiev, the IBF title holder, and WBA interim, probably I think now regular title holder, Junier Dortikos. They're all in. Marco Hook is in. Christoph Ladarchek is in. Christoph Glowaczki is also uh, reportedly signed and ready to go, but just hasn't been announced yet. And they're close to deals with two more guys, which would round out the field of eight. Alexander Usyk, who holds the WBO title, and Dmitry Kudrasov, who is a uh, sort of a knockout artist from Russia. This would be a trem- When the worst... Here's the thing, when they announced the series, kind of the best I expected realistically was a guy like Kudryashov or a veteran like Vladarchek or maybe a guy like Lovachki, a former title holder, still relatively in his prime, maybe a Marco Hook coming off of a loss in a world title fight. I did not think that they would potentially have all four world title holders. And I really didn't think that, that it would just be... This well-rounded a field, and I'm I'm so happy to eat crow. Because I would always much rather be wrong and have something good happen, than be right and have boxing kind of pull its usual shit. It's much better off this way. If I were making a favorite, right now let let's say the field rounds out: Breidis, Gassiev, Dorticos, Usyk. Hook, Vladarchik, Glavachki, Kudrashov. My favorite there is Usyk. I, I know a lot of people have seen him fight on HBO now a couple of times and, and they don't get the, uh, the the hype behind him. I've, I've seen a lot of people say that during fights, after fights with him, you know, that he's just not what has been sold. And I think he's not the destroyer that was sold or that a lot of people hyped him up as and, and you know what myself included I thought he was that guy um now I don't think he's that guy what I think he is is a guy who's going to win a lot of fights he is a very well-rounded fighter he's got plenty of power um he's fundamentally sound he's a technically very good fighter he always has he, he makes adjustments well in fights I think he's a smart intelligent fighter uh, that's the guy I would favor if he, if he does indeed sign on for the tournament. If he doesn't, then you've got you know Briatis and Gassiev and Dorticos. Those are all strong contenders to win, and they would be anyway. I mean, I think any of those guys on the right night could potentially beat Usyk, as good as I think Usyk is. And that's why I think this is shaping up to be such an an interesting tournament, because I you know look think back to the Super Six. I don't really remember anybody picking Andre Ward to win that tournament. I remember a lot of people picking Mikkel Kessler, who at the time was considered, you know, post Calzaghe by many, still the best fighter in that division. Then Andre Ward took Kessler apart, went on to dominate the tournament. I remember more people picking Andre Durrell than I do Andre Ward. So we could see something similar here, and this is, you know, single elimination uh, should be easier to manage. Everyone kind of gets the the basic schedule of what's being laid out. Shouldn't be a whole lot of problems um, with that. And that, that that might be a knock on wood scenario. I mean, obviously, boxing has a tendency to uh, present its own problems, even when they really shouldn't be there. Um, but, I, you know, I, I think this is looking like a great tournament. If if the eight guys, you know, the five plus Klavatchki, who's supposedly signed, then Usyk and Kudryashov are close to deals. Even even if you don't get Usyk and Kudryashov, and then you get somebody like uh, two guys who expressed interest this week, Junior Makabu and Yuri Kalenga. If you get those guys, it's still a really good tournament. Maybe you don't ultimately decide who the best cruiserweight in boxing right now is because you wouldn't have Usyk, who I think is right now the best in the sport. Um, but you know you, you'd still have a great field. So I really gotta I, I you know honestly I've got no reluctance reluctance to do it. I I tip my hat to Cali Sauerland and to Richard Schaefer. They're putting together a really interesting tournament here and putting together one at 168 that so far is looking pretty pretty solid itself. They chose good divisions for this. Yeah, I admittedly underestimated their ability to, to get a, a bunch of top fighters to commit to this. But I think, you know, in retrospect, and this is something I probably should have thought about, 168 and cruiserweight, good divisions right now, not filled with massive stars, but but a lot of good fighters. They looked at that and I think that's what they saw. Yeah, you know, they they saw the potential to get top fighters who weren't greedy. You know, who, who weren't going to look for massive paydays or anything like that. Not saying these guys aren't going to be paid well. But, you know, guys who, who aren't going to look at that and go, well, I could make in two fights in a year what I could risking myself in this tournament and whatever. And these guys are going to be making good money. Compared to what they can usually make, I'm sure. Otherwise, they wouldn't have signed up. So it's looking like it, it, it's looking like a a lot of fun, and I'm you know genuinely looking forward to it. Um, other than that, you know, uh, July is as we mentioned on the show, kind of uh, an up and down month. Uh, July next weekend, July 8th. There's there's O'Hara, uh, O'Hara Davis. ...against Josh Taylor in the UK. That'll be on Channel 5. That's an interesting fight, but it's not a big marquee fight or anything. Uh, July 15th is a good Saturday. HBO has Miguel Burchelt against Takashi Miura. Jezreel Corrales against Robinson Castellanos. And Joe Smith Jr. against Sullivan Barrera. A really good triple header there. Um, ITV box office in the UK will have Chris Eubank Jr. against Arthur Abraham. Plus Lee Selby against Jonathan Victor Barros. Fox that night if you don't have HBO... Um, we'll have Omar Figueroa against Robert Guerrero in a, uh, a welterweight fight at Nassau Coliseum, the first fight at Nassau Coliseum in like 30 years or something like that. Uh, then July 15th, there's really nothing. July 22nd, or excuse me, uh, July 15th, that was July 15th, that is busy. Uh, July 22nd, there's really nothing. July 29th, we've got the Garcia Broner Show, which also will include the returns of Jermall Charlo, um, who will be taking on Jorge Sebastian Highland, and uh, Gerald Washington will not be in action. And then kind of a what it is right now is a month off between the Garcia Broner show and mayweather McGregor which is going to be a, a a spectacle at the very least it'll be it'll be it'll be whatever the fuck it is um should be interesting in one way or another uh and also if you're not into the Uh, the nonsense that night. You can always watch HBO and watch Kodo versus Kamagai, And then September 16th, of course, Canelo versus Glovkin, which all of us can agree on is a big fight that really means something in the world of boxing. So uh, that'll wrap up our show this week. Um, Be back next week with a recap of Pacquiao horn and hopefully some other new stuff, because again, next weekend is not very busy whatsoever. Um, until then i am scott chris this has been the 13th round from bad left hook thank you for listening so long